All right. Good to see everyone tonight. Those who will be jumping on Facebook Live, those who will be watching the YouTube presentation and the audio platforms on Spotify and Anchor, we appreciate everyone that watches, that comments, that sends private messages with questions. I love questions. People sometimes say, well, I don't want to waste your time. I love questions. Bring them on. I love the questions. I may not always have the answer, but I know who does. That's right. What we're going to do tonight is continue. Last week we talked about long-suffering, which is, in some translations, is patience. I'm not going to go back and repeat any of that tonight. But this is number 14 on Effortless Living, and we're talking about, the subtitle is Bearing Fruit. How many know what the next word is? Organically. Naturally or spontaneously. And if it's not naturally born by us, the branches, by abiding in the vine, if it's not natural and organic, it's not the genuine article. It's not really love, joy, peace, long-suffering, meekness, and so forth. It's an imitation. And so our Father designed us in such a way that we would live the spiritual life just organically, just like a tree doesn't struggle to bear fruit, it just Absolutely. bears the fruit. Then wipe its brow, you know, say, oh, i got to bear this fruit, and this is going to be a real hard thing for me to do. It just naturally does it because it's a fruit tree. And so the same with us. We, as we, now we're in the Spirit, but as we walk in the Spirit, and how do we walk in the Spirit? By abiding, consciously abiding in the Spirit. So what we're going to talk about tonight is gentleness. Now, some translations use the word meekness. They use it back and forth simultaneously. Gentleness, and sometimes they'll say meekness. However, if you look in Galatians chapter 5, there is gentleness, but there's also meekness. So some of these offspring of the fruit of agape love are kind of like, they kind of overlap one another. Now, what I want to do is give you some meanings of this word gentleness, or again, you could say meekness. They are different Greek words, but the Greek word for gentleness is protes, P-R-A-U-T-E-S, and here's what it means. Now, keep in mind, when I give you the meaning in the Greek, when I study the etymology of this word gentleness, I found out that it is primarily in the feminine gender, but it also has a masculine aspect to it. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. First of all, I want to give the feminine aspect of this word gentleness or meekness. Here's what it means in the Greek. A tender, compassionate approach toward others witnesses and apparent limitations. In Hebrew, it's A-N- V-A-H, and it means tender. You can see the feminine in that. It is delicate and soft. You can see the feminine in that. And it's closely associated in the Hebrew with meekness. It also defines it to be sweet or pleasant. So while gentleness is often associated with meekness, some people have suggested that it means cowardness or weakness. Now, when I advertised for our meeting tonight, I said, stated that I'm going to teach on meekness, and I'm going to teach on gentleness, and I said in that advertisement that gentleness...
know it's their problem, not yours. I mean, if you're speaking the truth, if you're speaking the truth, it is not tiptoeing through the tulips. It is not timidity. Gentleness and meekness is not that at all in the Greek. Now, according to Galatians chapter 5, 22, where it lists the fruit, remember it's one fruit, the fruit of love, and the rest are just the offspring. So if you're not walking in the adopted love, there's not going to be gentleness and joy and peace and all of those that are listed there. So the Greek word for gentleness, a further definition, is defined by a person with a certain soothing quality about them that can cause or calm a person that is having anxiety or can calm a person that is in anger. How many know David that did that for King Saul? At least on one occasion, probably more than one occasion. However, it is used, listen to this, it is used, gentleness and meekness is used as a person who has it in their power to react otherwise by getting angrily, easily angry, but also has it within his power to show kindness. So let me say that again. It's used in a person, gentleness and meekness is used in a person who has it in their power to react differently to stimuli that's coming at them in a negative way. For example, a king forgiving a servant that failed to complete a particular task forgives the guy, shows kindness to the guy, instead of punishing the guy. And so therefore, this king is what? He's praised for his gentle and kind behavior. Because he could, as a king, could have acted or reacted otherwise, but instead he responded with forgiveness and with kindness, with gentleness and with meekness. Now, the Greeks also defined gentleness or pratis as one who takes unkind remarks with a good nature and a gentle manner. Like, for example, when there's a controversy and unkind remarks are made personally against an individual, they respond with meekness and gentleness and kindness. This is gentleness, very closely associated with meekness. It is also used to describe the character in which strength and gentleness are combined into one. So therefore, we can say gentleness is joining together, it's the lamb laying down, or the lion laying down yes. the lamb. It's the because it has a masculine aspect to it, but it's primarily feminine. So when the two are joined together, then what is in control? Spirit and agape love is in control. And of course, that's when, as I said, the masculine and the feminine are joined together, and the lion is laying down with the lamb together. Masculine and feminine are yielded, are one. You've yielded, right? The feminine. You've yielded what you think you ought to say, or how you think you ought to act toward this person that has done you wrong. You yield the logic, what most people would do. You yield the reasoning of how you should, instead of respond, react to this person that has treated you badly. Now, the joining together of the masculine and the feminine 
cause you to speak the word of God, regardless of what consequences you believe you're going to receive from that. Mm. Now, let me be real honest with you tonight. Most men in ministry, I know I'm going to get some flack from this, but I'm going to say it anyhow. Most men in the natural would not teach what I teach. Mm-hmm. You know why? They're too scared. <laughs> They'll lose their money. They won't be building their kingdom as they think they ought to be building their kingdom. They'll lose their peeps. Right? Let me tell you, losing peeps comes with the territory. <laughs> I've lost peeps here and there. Here and there, there and peeps everywhere. Peeps, peeps. I'm kind of used to losing peeps. That is so good. And so my idea is maybe some people need to just shut the hell up. <laughs> Just sit down. Okay, but I gotta stand up first. <laughs> so now, oh my God. Listen, listen to what Aristotle says so about gentleness. Gentleness, this is Aristotle. Gentleness is the ability to bear reproaches and slights with moderation and not to embark on revenge quickly. Gentleness is not to be easily provoked to anger. That's gentleness. You're not. You may be provoked to anger because we're gonna when we talk a little more about meekness, I'm gonna share with you how the scripture does say be angry and sin not. There's a place for anger. And the spirit and soul are as masculine and feminine are joined together. You know the difference. So gentleness, Aristotle says, is not to be easily provoked to anger, but to be free from bitterness. And contentiousness. Yes, Lord. Having tranquility and stability in spirit. Yes. Now, as I said, that is not saying that there's never a place for anger. Years ago, I did a study, and I did it here, where we talked about the meek shall inherit the earth, and I began to share what meekness really is. Yes, there must be balance in anger. Yes, there must be balance in meekness, but there is a place for anger. Now listen to this. Gentleness is the person who displays gentleness and meekness at the right time, upon the right grounds, to the right people, in the right manner, for the right length of time. That's gentleness, closely related to meekness, protis. Mostly feminine, but it has a masculine aspect to it, which we'll talk about later. Now, let's look at a few biblical examples of gentleness. And I'm not going to have you turn there until, uh, or any scriptures, until we get to Matthew where we talk about his yoke is easy and his burden is light. But first of all, let's look at this gentleness, some, some biblical examples of this gentleness and meekness. First of all, in Numbers 12, 3, Moses could have rebuked Aaron and Miriam, but instead, what did he do? He remained silent. Now, you know, the scripture says in the Old Testament that Moses was the meekest man of the earth. But you, can I say this? He said that. <laughs> he said that. Maybe he wasn't the meekest man of the earth. That was his opinion of himself. And it's true, we need to have an opinion of ourselves, but it needs to be the glory or God's view and opinion. So he didn't rebuke Aaron and Miriam, but instead he remained silent in that situation. Yet his silence was not because 
children of Israel. So this guy, Moses, was by no means a spineless coward. But at times, he showed this gentleness, and he showed this meekness. He showed meekness. He showed showed gentleness. And I believe the reason was because at that time, he had a right opinion of himself, and he was exhibiting humility in his life. Then, of course, we have Jesus' example of gentleness and meekness. How many know there were times that (laughs) Jesus displayed Righteous indignation. Yeah, there were times, like in Matthew 27, 12 through 14, we see the meekness and gentleness that he exhibited at his trial. When they were trying him, and then when he went to the cross, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. And then in Matthew 23, 13, he very strongly denounces the Pharisees. And at times he called them vipers, vipers and snakes and, and all kinds of names. And then we know also in John chapter 2, 14 through 17, he goes into the temple, and what does he do? He overturns the tables, just like our tables are being overturned today. And we're beginning to see the truth of what we thought was always the truth. Yeah. And he didn't whip people out, he whipped out the animals. Yes. Oh, That's what the scripture really says. So, so actually, his meekness right at his trial, listen to this, even though he didn't say a word, his meekness at his trial was powerful in the power of the Father of God that lived and abode within him. Yes. It was the strength of the Father that caused him to be able to keep his mouth shut. Yes. But guess what? It was still, it was still the power of the Father that spoke when he would speak in his righteous indignation and was very plain with the people. Amen. Therefore, gentleness is that quality by which we treat all mankind, listen, with perfect courtesy. And consequently, if we treat all men, if that's at the heart, if that's at the very heart of hearts, our very core is to treat all all mankind perfectly and courteously, then if need be, we can rebuke without hate, we can be angry without sinning, and we can be gentle and not be weak and spineless in that gentleness. And again, this quality, this quality comes from having a humble yet a balanced opinion of ourselves along with the spiritual strength to control our emotions, our tongue, and our behavior. One of the meanings of meekness is the fact that we know that we have this strength of Father within us, but we have control over it. Now, how do we have control over it? Temperance also means that, to have control over these things within our life. And the way we have that control over these things in our life would be simply joining together the masculine and the feminine. That's the only way you're going to have control over your life, where your tongue, your behavior, and your emotions are concerned. Now, let's consider the place of gentleness in the life of a person who is truly a spiritual person in particular. Let's talk about you and I in particular tonight. And let's talk about this gentleness, which again is very closely related to meekness. In James 1.21, it states there that we are to receive the engrafted word of the Lord with meekness, not with a know-it-all attitude. Right. Anytime we go in with something other than gentleness and meekness, anytime 
not just the Bible. Anytime we go in to learn of the truth, we have to go into it not with a know-it-all attitude. Yeah. And many religious people today, you try to talk to them yeah. and show them something differently than what they believe, and they are on it immediately. Well, we don't believe that around here. That is not the truth. You're a heretic. <laughs> right? Another one is Galatians 6 1, which it states there, that we are to pro approach those in error with an attitude of proties or of gentleness. And then in 2 Timothy 2 24 and 25, we are to correct people in their opposition with humility, knowing that that very same thing could befall us. Right. Then in 1 Peter 3 15, we are to answer questions concerning the hope that lies within us, also with meekness. Now that's for us in particular. Now let's look at us in general. Let's look at the place of gentleness or meekness in the spiritual life of an individual or in the spiritual life of people, like a church as a whole. Spiritual life in general. In James 3, 13 through 18, Meekness or gentleness is necessary for the spiritual person who is wise and has wisdom. We all need wisdom. And guess what? We all have it. Yes. But we have to allow it to rise up. When is it going to rise up? When we yield the left side in and of itself to the right side and the two are married and joined together. That's when we act and walk in wisdom. Then in 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6, meekness is necessary for the spiritual, listen, for the spiritual individual or for the soul, the feminine principle, and it says there that it is precious in the sight of God. When the two have been joined together and our soul part has yielded or our feminine principle has yielded those things on the left side in and of themselves and we don't allow them to rule our lives in and of themselves, it says in 1 Peter 3 that that is precious in the sight of Father God. So in other words, one who is walking in the Spirit subjectively, I'm talking subjectively now, because everyone's in the Spirit objectively, right? So when one is walking subjectively in the Spirit, that person will respond even to things that come against them, even to people that are mean to them and persecute them and are nasty. We talked last week about this long-suffering in trials and temptations and persecution. So when people treat us badly, cause heretics, when people say all manner of evil against us, instead of rendering evil for evil, right. when the two are joined together in the most of trying circumstances, we will respond with gentleness or with meekness, not because we're a coward, not because we don't know who we are, right. not because of some weakness of character within us, but because we have the strength to control how we react yes. or how we respond, excuse me, rather than reacting, yeah. just as in the case of Jesus. Now, don't forget... I said this, let's go to Matthew 11, but don't forget, I said that there were times that Jesus operated in righteous indignation, and he did not appear to be so nice. 
And guess what? He was still operating out of the agape love of the Father. Because he wanted the people that he ministered to to receive the truth. Even if he had to call them vipers and snakes and so forth. He still was operating out of the agape love of the Father. Now, Matthew chapter 11. You'll turn there in your scripture or in your devices, whatever you use. Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30. And I want to share something with you. Now, a lot of these things are not new. This is not new to anyone. You already know this, right? Mm -hmm. All of you already know most of what we have taught about in effortless living. But what I want to get across here, my point for teaching this series of teachings is to cause us to realize that any time we're struggling with something, it's because there's something we have not yielded from the left side. That's so true. There's something from the left side, intellect, reason, logic, emotions, and five senses, right. and we have not yielded. I can I can stand upon God's word, not just the Bible, but the word written in my heart and my mind, and I can say that every time that Jesus appeared to be angry, he was still operating out of a desire to cause those people to shake up yeah. or ship out, to shake up and to come to let go of all their religiosity and their false concepts about the love of the Father. Now, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Look what it says here. Jesus speaking, come unto me. That's what we have to do. We have to come unto him within ourselves. Hello? Hello. Yes. Subjectively, come unto me. All ye turn within. Stand within, as Candy said earlier tonight. Get that understanding. Stand within your stance of who you are and who you have always been. Come unto me, all ye that labor. You're trying to do this, right? Yeah. And are heavy laden, and I. How many know you have the same I in you that Jesus had in you? Yes. yes. You have that same I am. You have that same anointing. Christ means anointing. You have that same consciousness. I will give you rest. That's where rest comes. It's as we turn within to our I amness. Verse 29. Take my yoke. Now, I'm going to say it this way. The yoke is the law. The yoke is trying to work the fruit of the Spirit up. The yoke is trying to, trying to bear fruit rather than organically, naturally bearing this fruit. So take your legalism. Take your trying. Take your sweat, toil, and work to bear the fruit. Okay? And, and this is what it says. Take my yoke and learn of me. Learn of me. How many know there's a scripture that says, you know, you, you, you search the scriptures. For in them you think you find eternal life, but these are they that, what? Come to know me through the scriptures. So and again, not just in the Bible, through yes. the Spirit of all this. These be they that learn of me. Okay? Okay, so take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn of what's on the inside of you. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest. We're going to bear any fruit, it's going to be our rest. You shall find rest unto your souls, your feminine part that is the part that wants to struggle. For my yoke, listen, my yoke, 
his light. So what is he saying here? The yoke is connected with trying, with legalism, with law, but Jesus in his resurrection revealed a new law. He sure did. Or could I say, there was an eternal covenant from before the foundation. Yes. Of course, man got involved in it and yeah. brought forth an old covenant. But there was an eternal covenant. Abraham knew that eternal covenant. And so Jesus came because we forgot and we got involved in this old covenant and legalism and trying and work and toil and sweat. Jesus came to reveal this eternal covenant which has no work, toil, or sweat. And the new law that he revealed to us is not an old law of work, toil, and sweat, but the new law is the law of the spirit of life in Christ yes, Jesus, yes, yes. which is a royal law of love. And look, he said, it's easy, meaning it's effortless. <laughs> it's easy, meaning it's, lever- it's effortless. See, because the old law had to be kept but the new law keeps you. Come on, Kay! That's good stuff! The old law had to be kept. Yes! To engage, to do something, but the new law keeps you in gentleness and meekness. Thank God! And all we have to do is simply let it or allow the manifestation of agape love and then peace and joy and long-suffering and gentleness flow out of us effortlessly. So good. Effortlessly. Yes. Just as the tree. Well, you're called trees of righteousness, yes. right? Yes. Yep. You and I are trees of righteousness. Right. What does that mean? We are trees that are right. <laughs> and a tree that is, listen, a tree that is right doesn't sweat, sweat. or toil or struggle no. to bear fruit. No, it does not. Now, since I'm last week, I said, you know, and, and I used the wrong word, so I'm going to go back and repeat it. We don't produce fruit. No, we don't. We bear it. Difference. The Father produced the fruit in us from before he even brought us here. Come on. From before the foundation, he shed abroad in our heart. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, Romans chapter 5 says. But do you know that if the love of agape if the love of God was shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost from before the foundation, before we ever became spirit made visible, so was all the offspring of love. Joy and peace and long-suffering and meekness and temper. All of those we had before we even came here physically. So good. So listen, if the tree is right... It's not going to fight. Oh, that rhymes. <laughs> if the tree is right, it's not going to fight. Right? But I wanted us to see that we don't produce fruit, folks. God, our Father, produced it. And in the natural tree, it's the, the production of the fruit. All the fruit and everything the tree is was in the seed. Before the seed was planted. And then it works with the sap. Yes. And the sap begins to bring that power of the seed up out to the limbs or the branches, and then the branches simply bear the fruit. That is so good. Automatically. Yep. Organically. Spontaneously. Spontaneously. Now, what are some of the benefits of living out of our gentle and meek quality of agape love? Well, let's go back to Psalm 22. Psalm 22. 
and verse 26. What are some benefits? You've got to know there's some benefits in bearing this fruit organically, spontaneously, and effortlessly. Psalm 22, 26, the meek, or you could say the gentle, shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. Now, the word heart here in the Hebrew is feelings, will, and intellect. Your heart shall live forever. Your feelings, your will, your intellect shall live forever. So when the feelings and the will and the intellect becomes one subjectively <coughs> with our Christ mind, we experience life in that more abundantly. That is so good. In other words, the heart receives the quickening and the conception of the word of God. The heart receives that. The feminine receives that because we've yielded the left side in and of itself to the right side, the masculine Christ mind or spirit, whatever you want to call it. We have yielded and we brought the two together once it's been conceived and quickened in the heart awareness or the soul, as some people call it, then it's just going to be automatic. And it's going to, as it says here in Psalm 22:26, it's going to be joined and it's going to bring lasting satisfaction. Not only is it going to bring satisfaction to you and I, but it's going to bring satisfaction to others who come and eat of us. Yes. Because remember, in Song of Solomon, the fruit's not for us in and of ourselves. So A tree doesn't eat its own fruit. <laughs> it's for others that come and pick the fruit and eat the fruit and enjoy the fruit, yeah. and it satisfies them. Had some of that See? yesterday. So if people are going to be satisfied as they bear this fruit, they're going to be satisfied, so and their heart is going to live for us. Yes. It states the meek. Yes. The meek. Well, go to Psalm 147. Psalm 147. Then we'll go to <coughs> and a few other verses. Psalm 147.6 says, listen to this, The Lord lifts up the meek. In other words, reality is breaking through concerning our being seated, lift up, right? We've been lifted up. His lifting up was our lifting up. And he was seated at the right of the Father. We're seated at the right of the Father objectively, but you want to really know what it means to be seated at the right of the Father? You're seated at the right of the Father when you draw from your yes. right side and the left and the right are joined together. That's it. So where it says the Lord lifts up the meek, it's really reality breaking through concerning our being seated in the heavenlies because he's seated in the heavenlies and we're seated in the heavenlies in Christ. Isaiah 29, 19. Turn there if you will. Isaiah 29 and verse 19. See, so many people, and I know I've said this already tonight, but so many people believe gentleness and meekness is weakness or timidity or walking on eggshells. Oh, I don't want to say this. I might upset them. Well, who cares if it's the truth? And you're led of the Spirit to say what you say. That's their problem if they take offense. Many are offended by the world. Yes. And you know, I, I haven't let, let me just share this. And I thank God. This is a quality he's placed within me, George. I have never been afraid of man. <laughs> I'm still not afraid of man. Right. And I say that in balance, knowing who I am. Right. But I'm simply saying, thank God I've never been afraid. Yes. I've never held back the truth. Right. Eventually, any truth of the Spirit has 
You would be you accepted are. to the Lord if you were. Yes. That's what it says. And one of the big things in that is I have never been afraid to speak the truth. I've never been afraid of mankind. And I've had a lot of people that have given me flack and have persecuted and have said, oh, you're a heretic. Well, I'm a happy, happy one. heretic. <laughs> I'm a happy one at that. Happy one. See, I'm a, listen, I have to choose between peeps or truth. That's right. Amen. <laughs> You're not so high and mighty. 
That's keeping your seat. Study to show yourself approved. Study to be quiet. Study to be meek and of a quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, of great price. It's a great price to Father God to know that you are keeping your seat. Don't let someone get you out of your seat. Someone wrote a song. Who was it? Wrote a song. Yes. Keep your seat. Carol Manning? I'm not sure who it was. They I'm not going to say anyone, anything yeah. wrong about it. Now, lastly, they in the lastly, we are to wear gentleness. Mm-hmm. Listen to it. You are to wear, and I am to wear gentleness and meekness. It's like the Christ mind, where Paul said, put on the Christ mind, and it means to slip into like you slip into a garment. So we can say that we wear our Christ mind, and in Colossians 3.12, it refers to wearing, the wearing of gentleness and the wearing of meekness in your life. So let's read it here in Colossians. Put on, Colossians 3, verse 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy. Now, why does he use the word bowels? I think I talked to you about this last week. Bowels of mercy? What, does it have to do with your intestinal tract or something? Bowels of mercy? It uses bowels of mercy because in the very depth of your being. It's deep. Put on bowels of mercy. Or we could say bowels of kindness. It all comes from spirit in the very depth of you where deep calls unto deep. Or bowels of humbleness of mind. Or bowels of gentleness. Or bowels of long-suffering. Or bowels of meekness. And you wear it as a clothing. And listen, it is a quality of fruit which others are going to eat from us. And even though each and every one of us are very unique in our personality, we bear that fruit according. Our personality, you could say, is a conduit that, is so that will good. cause the fruit to effortlessly flow as we join the masculine and the feminine together. So listen, just because, just as the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, so has joy then shed abroad in our hearts. Before we even came here by the Holy Ghost, so is peace, so is meekness, so is long-suffering, so is patience, so is temper, so is all of the offspring of the fruit of agape love was sown in us from before we came here physically. And that's where I say, He, Father God, produced it. Now we do something about the bearing of it. And the bearing of it, remember the five questions I asked you, I think it was in Lesson 10, I want to go through those questions quickly again. Number one, five questions. First question, what is the secret of life? Why are we here? Yes. I mean, some of the people say, what's the purpose of life? Why am I here? Why did he just leave us in the spirit realm and just, you know, we can just rest there and not have to come into this life and go through all this crap? What is the purpose of life? What is the secret of life? Bearing fruit. Bearing fruit. What is the secret of bearing fruit? Abiding. You can't bear fruit if you're not abiding in Him. What is the secret of abiding? Obeying. Now, what is obeying? Old Testament or Old Covenant obeying is doing, but New Testament obedience is listening and hearing spiritually, intelligently. Right. So then, what is the secret of obeying? It's knowing. Knowing. And what is the secret of knowing? It's loving. And what is that? Loving, Scripture says, if we love Him, 
we will keep his word. So you can answer all those questions with, and let me say again, what is the secret of life? It's fruit bearing. What's the secret of fruit bearing? It's abiding, because unless you're abiding in him and him in you, consciously, what is the secret of abiding? It's obeying. It's listening by the Spirit. What is the secret of obeying? It's knowing something. And what is the secret of knowing? It's loving him. And when you love him, you'll be obedient effortlessly and organically. That's what it says in John chapter 15 and in John chapter 14. So, to develop the fruit, let me say it this way, to ripen the fruit. How many know we need to have fruit that is ripe for people to eat of? They don't eat a green fruit. So to develop the fruit or to ripen the fruit, we abide in him consciously and then no matter what test or trial or temptation or persecution we go through, it doesn't matter a hill of beans because we're abiding in him and our consciousness is on what his consciousness is on and it is not the realm of appearance or how we're feeling, Right. but it is what thus saith the Lord. Right. When we truly consciously abide, then listen, and we read this last week, I think, where was it? Romans chapter 5, you know, tribulation works patience, and patience works this, and this works that. Only when we're abiding does it work that. Oh, did you go home? No. no. Only when we're abiding, listen, can tribulation work patience, and patience works this, and that, and on down the line. Only when we're abiding. I know a lot of people that have gone through a lot of tests and trials and hell in their life, and it didn't do a thing for them. It didn't work their patience. It didn't work their long suffering. It didn't work anything in their life other than a bitching and complaining. Sorry to be so real tonight, but it's the truth. It is the truth. It's so good. Now, Titus 3, 2 states, to speak no evil, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawler. What's a brawler? But to be gentle, got a lot of brawlers in religion today. <laughs> well, they're teaching all this eschatology stuff, and especially today, because you yes. know what's going on in Israel. Well, it is going to come. And it is. The Lord's going to come on his white stallion to the golden trumpet. And we're going to get raptured out of here. We're going to fly up to our heavenly glory in the sky somewhere. And seven years of tribulation is going to break out on this earth. And they're going to go through hell on this earth. Who would want that for people? Not the agape love of God. So it says there in Titus 3, 2, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawler, but gentle, showing all meekness or gentleness unto all men. Someone says, well, I'm not going to be a meek person around those people that treat me like dirt. Well, Jesus said here to be, or the scripture says here to be meek with all people, even your religious people. Even them. Right? Even the religious people. That's right. Now, understand, Jesus at times was very strong with people, but he still got to be a copy of God. It wasn't indignation in a fleshly sense. It was righteous indignation. It was righteous indignation. He had righteous indignation because he was moving out of the agape love of the Father. Now, we just found out that we are to clothe ourselves 
with gentleness and meekness. And as we do, we found out our heart is quickened and full of life, Psalm 22 and 26. As we do, we learn truth. When we don't come with an attitude, I know it all already. James 1, 21, we learn truth. If we come, listen, if we clothe ourselves with this gentleness and meekness, Psalm 147, 6, we found out we ascend higher in our awareness of being seated in the heavens. We understand it's not weakness. Gentleness and meekness is not weakness. It's not tiptoeing through the tongue. It's not walking on eggshells. It is not letting people walk all over you and you be the rug. It's not that at all. It's not codependence, folks. When we clothe ourselves with this meekness and this gentleness, we inherit the earth and we reign in life, according to 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6. That's right. When we clothe ourselves with this gentleness and meekness, we can minister even in correction to people that need it. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 and 25. And lastly, when we clothe ourselves with gentleness and meekness, we keep our seat and we rest, as 1 Peter 3 and verse 4 tells us. Now, I did a little Googling the other day. This thought came to my mind, and I thought, I wonder if there's any natural fruit that would correspond to the different fruit of the Spirit. And lo and behold, guess what piece of fruit corresponds to gentleness and meekness? A banana. I was going to say a banana. A banana of all things. Why? Why? Because a banana bruises easily, and they turn brown when they have been injured. Therefore, the banana is used to symbolize gentleness, just like how we have to be gentle when we handle these bananas. So every time you see a banana, from now on, you're going to think differently about the banana. It is a daily reminder to be gentle and meek. Now, in closing, and I'm only giving you one closing tonight, by the way. In Hebrew, gentleness also means, listen, to be sculpted. To be sculpted like soft clay in God's hands. It's feminine in gender, but it also has a masculine counterpart or aspect. Therefore, to manifest the agape love in all of the offspring of agape love, Masculine and feminine have to be joined together. The dictionary definition, now this is not Hebrew, Greek, or Latin, or Aramaic, but the dictionary definition of gentleness is the quality of just being kind and tender and mild-mannered. It's also humility, listen, thankfulness towards Father God. That's gentleness and meekness. Humility and thankfulness towards Father God as well as polite, restrained, and compassionate in your behavior toward everyone you come in contact with. And remember, you can be in gentleness and meekness and still give them the truth and still correct and still rebuke if you need to. It can all be done as it comes out of the agape love of the Father. We see this in Jesus' example. So the meek shall inherit the earth. Right here. Yep. The meek shall inherit this earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth. It doesn't say on earth there in Matthew, when you look at that prayer. It's in earth. 
about the love of God. And we can always, no matter what we have to say to people, and God forbid that we react, but we respond in agape love, whether it's through correction, rebuke, telling the truth when the person doesn't want to hear the truth. How many know we're too quick to give our own opinion? But when we're asked, we have an open door. Yes, we do. And there are times that we do go ahead and give the opinion of the Father when the Spirit leads us to do it. Sure does. So agape love. One of the offsprings tonight is gentleness. Meekness. Out of the spirit of love. You know, the scripture talks about the love of the truth. Yes. When we operate out of the agape love of God, yes. we will, especially when asked, give the truth Absolutely. to people. We'll speak the truth mm-hmm. out of the heart of the agape love of God. Gentleness, meekness. And let me finish by saying this. You are gentleness. Yeah. You are meekness. Why? Because you are the agape love of God. Right. You have the same nature and oneness. Being your oneness in the Father who is love. You is love. You is love and I am. And he is love. So Father, we thank you tonight yes. for truth. Thank you for the agape love of God that's been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And thank you for the joy and the peace and the long-suffering and the meekness and the kindness and the temperance in every offspring of your love that's been shed abroad within us. And not only do we have the fruit, we be the fruit. Thank you for your love yes. and your grace. Yes. In the name of the Lord, amen. 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 So be